0: Hello again, everyone, and we are back live this time with episode number 42, where I'm pretty sure the secret to life, the universe, and everything, the answer is not firing your security team, but we really okay. don't know for sure. But we're going to talk about the whole Patreon thing, and and it's interesting, we... Uh, kind of sometimes talk about doing a face palm of the week segment, but we never really had a chance to do that yet, but we didn't think we'd make a whole episode out of it, but here we are. Um, We need to talk about Patreon. So how are you doing, Jao? I'm fine, Jay.
1: It's always a pleasure to be here with you, and yeah, (laughs) another week, another interesting story just pops up. Um, This one just screams, talk about me, because it's so weird, it's so unexpected. This is not something that's done lightly right especially at the level of patreon
0: exactly so yeah so basically we're going to talk about what patreon is for the few people that may not know I won't spend too much time on that and then we'll get into what exactly happened and then our thoughts and then we'll go into some general thoughts about security teams in general that um a lot of that's not necessarily going to be um you know specific to patreon but we need to talk about it so um Patreon. Uh, just a short summary, if you're a content creator, and I am one, which is, you know, one of the reasons why I need to talk about this, because, you know, I'm getting asked about this from my audience on the uh, YouTube or the, yeah, the YouTube channel. Um, and, and people are asking questions. So basically, Patreon is a way for your fans to support what you're doing, uh, regardless of what it is. It doesn't have to be a YouTube channel, but it often is. Um, and there's other services like that, but it's most commonly used on um YouTube and some YouTubers make a ginormous amount of money from Patreon. I've seen some of the channels that I watch and pay attention to getting like uh, tens of thousands of dollars a month, even more. So for some people, this is a really big income source. Now, full disclaimer Learn Linux TV does have a Patreon page. That's not the only way that you can support my channel. But I obviously, if you didn't already know, I, I had a Patreon page. Well, now you do. It's not really a big income source for Learn Linux TV. It's actually probably the smallest of all the income sources, just to be fully transparent. So, losing Patreon if I decided to quit would not be a hit, really, not at all. Um, I'll talk about more later if I plan on doing that. But for some co- um, content creators, this is big, um, the news that I'm about to go over. So, Patreon's a way for fans to support content creators. So, there's that. So, what exactly happened? So, there's a lot of information out there right now, and everybody's talking about it. So, it becomes hard to piece together what actually happened or what someone thinks happened. And and maybe people have, like, really good information and really good reasons for believing what they believe. But when it comes to us, we have to talk about the facts. We'll talk about our opinions, yes, but... Um, we, there's some things we won't comment on because we have to do our due diligence to make sure that, um, you know, if we follow the paper trail that everything checks out. But what did happen is, well, actually a couple of things. Um, the first and most egregious of which, and what, and this is what we're talking about today and actually what made this podcast, uh, episode titled what it was, is that they let their entire security team go. Um, Now, on the outset, that doesn't seem like a good idea. We don't know what goes on in the inside. We don't know what their systems are, uh, whether or not they can get away with that. What I do know is that laying off an entire team is sad because, you know, a a team of people is now looking for a job. So there's no universe in which that's not extremely sad, no matter what um, the situation is. So, yeah, they let their entire security team go. And while I was digging through this, I also found that their, um, what was the percentage? It's on my, brow. I have so many browser tabs open that I've been looking at this. Um, 17%, I believe. 17% of their employees got laid off. And that story, which I will link in the show notes, was reported by Variety on the 14th of September. Seven twenty-six Pacific time. I don't know if that was reported on another news site first. But that's so. the first one I found. So there's that. So there's a lot going on and we have to unpack this. Like, should you fire your security team? Well, I don't think so. Um, can you get away with that? Is is there a situation in which that'll work out well for your business? We we need to talk about that. Um, there's a lot to unpack. So I think this episode yeah. is gonna be um very exciting actually.
1: Absolutely. There are so many different things that we don't know if they went wrong, but that can go wrong with a decision like this. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, and I was mentioning this to you before we started. Mm -hmm. This is an enormous company. They move a ton of money each year. Um, You don't get this big by making simplistic mistakes like this. So even if we don't have the full understanding here, we might not want to immediately jump to the conclusion that they don't know what they're doing and that they're just doing a silly mistake with this. That said, sending your whole entire cybersecurity team away, um, there are so many things that can go wrong there. From the very beginning, the tribal knowledge, when you work at a place for a set amount of time, it doesn't really matter how much. You start to pick up this this knowledge that's not written down anywhere, that's just passed down over the coffee machine talks, that you just learn as you touch the systems and you learn how they are interconnected and how things are wired up and how everything is working, and that amount of knowledge just went out the door with these guys. It's not so much that they are looking for a job, because as public as this story became, they all got job offers, I believe. So that right. side of the story, that's probably taken care of right now, and they're probably better off where they are now than they where they were before. Um, the, the job market, especially in cybersecurity, is pretty crazy right now. Um, but that's it, the, the the tribal knowledge that you lose. Is not something that is easily quantifiable and it's also not something that is easily replaceable. When you get an outsourced contractor to do the same job that these guys were doing, there will be none of that knowledge. And that might not become apparent the first week, the first couple of weeks, the first month, but when you have the first major incident where systems just crash and you need to dig into and understand why. You might not realize that the system that you're working on right now has an indirect impact on something located somewhere else because it's accessing a share or a database or something that's running separately and it's not noted in the documentation because it wasn't updated on time or whatever. But that knowledge somebody had in the team, somebody knew about that, somebody had set that up. And now that person is not there, that person is not able to provide any input on the solution for that problem. So now the, the outsource contractor is going to be spending a lot more time than they should have in dealing with that uh, with that issue. And this just piles up over time. Um, right. It's not something that you can easily fix. Even if they decide to revert the decision and hire back not the same thing because they will already be working somewhere else, but if they decide to hire new people internally to handle cybersecurity, there will be no one to teach them these things. So they will have no one to learn from all of this, and they will have to start from scratch again, basically. And right. this is not something that you can put a price tag on, but if this measure was done for cost-saving reasons, which we don't know if it was or not, but if it was then just to keep costs down, the the cost of not knowing this of losing this knowledge is very hard to factor in and is probably more than what you're saving
0: right yeah i completely agree with everything you said and and also there's often and, and i i'm trying not to generalize this because every company is different and their management structure is different so um Basically, and this isn't about Patreon themselves. So now I'm going to be talking about just companies in general. So they want to save money. So, you know, you get a, let's just say you have a manager on the upper level of management. They don't really know tech very well. Um, Maybe that's just not their thing, but they're in a management position. So they're looking for ways to cut costs. So they go on Google or or whatever. Maybe they just answer a phone call from one of the 257 sales reps that are constantly blowing up their phone. Because let me tell you, when you're at the, Upper level of management, you get a lot of sales calls. So uh, maybe a company can get a sales call that says, um, "Hey, we'll manage your entire systems." And and I'm not even talking about security right now. I'm just talking about you know managed services providers, where they might do a what's called a lift and shift. We'll take care of your servers, transfer them over here. They're cloud servers, so they're usually pretty easy to transfer. And even with AWS, you can go from account to account pretty easily. So and then they they say, "Hey, we'll manage it and we'll take care of it." Um, and that that could mean that a company lets their internal sysadmin team go um, because they have another company managing that. Um, but one of the issues there is, uh, you know, the sales rep might honestly believe that their company is the best. Maybe they're not, and then they're, you know, the experience isn't that great, and then their systems are down. But the sales rep promised everything was going to be great. Now, similarly to that, there's there's external security services. And could they do a good job? Maybe if you went with one of those providers, you might go with the best one, and they give you like the best service ever, and um, you know all the boxes are checked when it comes to security, and they're doing a great job. That could happen. But what could also happen is that you know they sounded good at the table when you're negotiating, and then when you use their service, they're not as good as you thought, and then you realize you shouldn't, have, you at least shouldn't have went with that company. So there's a lot of Um, Things we don't know, like how did this happen? Like did did someone search Google and found a a website? We'll manage all your security and uh, make you 100% bulletproof or whatever claim it might say. I don't know. We don't know. But cost cutting is something that happens. Now, I feel like we really don't know as much as we should know. But can that work? I think that's one question I should answer. It can sometimes. I feel like it's unlikely that it'll work out well. And I don't recommend any company let their security team go. I really don't. Um, you know, Basically, that, that was the title of the episode. I think you already knew what my opinion was. So I feel like it can work. It's unlikely to work. It's unlikely to work out well. And now, also, Patreon has a reputation. So let's just say later on down the line, maybe it didn't work out so well, so they need to hire a new security team. Because like you said, their security team, they're already getting offers. Now, That's a really interesting job interview when, you know, if you're Patreon and you're interviewing someone, the question you're probably going to get asked is, how do I know you're not going to let your security team go again? That's a valid question, right? Because they're going to ask you, the employee, um, where do you see yourself in five years? And you might answer, well, I see myself working up in this great company that I'm interviewing for or whatever it is you say. But then you fire right back at them like, okay, in five years, are you still going to have a security team? That's pretty awkward. So. But again, there's a lot that we don't know, so there's going to be a sense of um, generalization as far as like, can this work? And uh, that's another thing that we'll talk about.
1: Yeah, and good talent doesn't grow on trees. It's not like you just no. can turn around and say, okay, well, now I need 10 extremely good cybersecurity professionals to come and solve all my security issues. That doesn't happen. It takes time, even though the, the recruitment agencies will tell you that it's very easy to onboard new people. That's not how it actually happens. It's very difficult to find the right people. It's very difficult to build the the team spirit that you need in a cybersecurity team where people actually trust each other to do a proper job. Um, That takes a long time. It's very difficult finding the right people that work well with what you have. It's also very difficult and very time-consuming to actually train the people that you onboard. It's not like you hire somebody today and tomorrow they're going to be looking at all of your systems and finding all the security issues. That doesn't happen. Six right. months from now, it probably won't happen yet. They will still be learning how things are wired up, how things are connected, how things are working. Um, they're probably looking at the weak spots by then. They're probably looking at uh, old documentation that hasn't been updated when it should. They're probably trying to learn from the existing people. And the problem where they are now is that that existing people isn't there. There is no one there. and. This is not just for new hires this is also for the team that for whoever whatever contractors they are going to hire will go through the same process it's not like you go to an msp like you were saying okay now can manage my all my cybersecurity issues they won't be able to respond to a cybersecurity instance incident that happens tomorrow they'll have to learn how things are done how things are wired up that again not knowing the full details of how this happened, it's very tricky to understand how this is not a mistake. Because right. even if you wanted to send away all of your security team and replace them with uh, with somebody from the outside, however correct or not that decision might turn out to be, um, there would still need to be some overlap there. They would still need to be able to learn from each other at the very least. And I know this sucks for the people that's getting sacked and replaced by outsourced. I know this sucks. This has been happening on IT for some time. Uh, A few years back, I remember seeing some news around um, in California, a school district that was firing their school district or a university in California, I can't remember exactly, that were firing their IT team and replacing them with subcontractors. Um, But they didn't do it immediately. So the subcontractors would come in, would learn from the guys that were doing the job. And after some time, the ones that were already working there would be fired that sucks i totally do not agree with that but right from the company from the organization's point of view that would be a safer route than what what happened here because not having that overlap means that there is no knowledge transfer okay and that's a very big risk that they're taking
0: it is and i have seen situations at companies i used to work for that mirror what you've seen i mean it. One of the things I don't talk about when it comes to IT that was always uncomfortable for me was IT is usually the first people to know when someone's going to get fired before they actually do. And you might get an email that says, um, you know, like, um, we're going to let this person go at the end of the week, so please make sure that you're prepared to disable their accounts at 3 p.m. on Friday. That could be an email that an IT person might get. And But you're going to see that person if you work in a physical location in the hallway, right? Um, if you let them know ahead of time, well, you're probably most definitely going to get fired because part of the job is keeping that secret. But it's such an uncomfortable situation that I've never agreed with either because um, how do you smile and wave at someone that you know is going to have a really bad Friday and the position that you are put in having been told that information? But, you know, to your point, we really don't know. Um, it would be better to do a a more of a warm transfer. But what what I've also seen is companies, and and by the way, I I need to underscore, everything I'm saying here is not related to Patreon. I'm just talking about general stuff. So nothing I'm saying, if you're just tuning in, is about them. Uh, We're just kind of setting some uh, basis. But I've seen situations where like an upper level CTO might get their, um, maybe an IT manager or or their highest level sysadmin, and have them give access to the outside party for a while, let them look at the systems for some months. And then um, in my case, I worked mostly with MSPs, so it wasn't security related, but um, to get them prepped up and then let, I mean, they could have done that, right? They could have had that other company in the systems for months. We really don't know when they started poking around Um, and any security team worth a grain of salt knows and should not be advertising that they can immediately secure your systems. It just doesn't work that way. But one thing I do want to talk about is what my preference is for doing this right. And what what I mean is, if you're any other company, should you go with an external team? Should you have an internal team? And my answer is both, because the internal team, they're present in your company. I mean, they, they have very intimate knowledge, and that's a good and a bad thing. The good thing is they know your systems inside and out because they work there every day. The downside is they get so used to the systems that they might miss something obvious because um, they probably have the SSH commands to get into all the servers memorized so well that it's like muscle memory. They can just get into any server without thinking about it because they do this all day long. So they might miss something, right? We're just human. So that's why an external security team is great because they could come in you know, having people that are not intimately familiar with, with your systems they might find things that your internal team missed. And that's a great way to do it because you have your internal people and you have your external audits and, and things going on as well. I personally don't think it's a good idea to have, if you're a big company to have just one of those two things. If you have just an internal security team and you're not being you know, externally audited, you could have a problem there because something might be missed. Likewise, if you have an external security team that's managing everything, they lack, like you were saying, Jao, the um, intimate knowledge of the systems because they didn't build them. They, they're just managing these things. So it's like trying to have one of two things that and I hate to say the word best practice, but I, sh- I should say minimum practice. But anyway, that's how I would prefer a company to do it, and a company just having one of those two things just doesn't seem like a good idea to me.
1: <laughs> that's the understatement. Yeah, the understatement of the century, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. And we've talked in the past, everything should be documented and everything should be written down and all of that. But at the end of the day, even if you do write down stuff, it gets changed over time and you might forget to update the documentation and all of that. So if they are relying on that for the the new people, they might have a nasty surprise after some time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Things are probably not as they are written on paper. Um, Right. But again... And looking at this from a different angle, just the bad press that Patreon is taking from all of this—it's amazing how they thought this would go over easily with uh, with people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know you want to talk more about this, but not being a, con- a content creator myself, I see Patreon as depending as being very reliant on the trust that the content creators have on it. So if you lose that trust from the content creators, your bottom line is going to be affected. And it's going to be affected a lot because you take a cut of the profits from the content creators. So right. If less content creators are in your platform, you're going to be making less money. That's simple math. But I have no understanding of how they thought this would look any different from what they are. Um, they are handling the money that the people trust them to handle. It's like a bank. You wouldn't trust a bank that fires all of their security guards. (laughs) That's as easy as that. Why am I putting my money there if if, a robber can just walk in and take all the money and leave? Uh, Why would you trust Patreon with your money if anybody can try and hack their systems and they don't have an immediate response for that? And that seems weird. So, again, I keep coming back to the mindset that there has to be more to this story than this. And, and I'm not even going into all the, the stories that came after this that are very dark and we don't want to go there. But right. from just the, the business side, the business decision behind this, um, again, it either reflects a, a very huge disconnect between reality and the work that the cybersecurity team was doing, or there was some gross negligence or incompetence in the team and they couldn't fix it any other way. But even if they wanted to do that, it was probably better to replace people one at a time rather than all at once as a package. Again, it totally blows my mind how they thought this was a good good idea.
0: Yeah, it's true. Um, Now, there's a few schools of thought here. Um, It's very possible that this was well thought out in their opinion. I mean, obviously a decision like this isn't like made on a Thursday night and then um, you know, executed on Friday. That does happen, but usually not, right? Because usually these things are internal discussions for quite a long time that we're not going to be privy to. We weren't there in the room while they were talking about it. Um it's it's very common to where the person making the decision thought they made the right decision because they might have spent you know, a lot of time on this, you know, researching this and, and researching companies because they needed a cost cut. And as an aside, what's often the case is that upper managers really don't know what their tech people do. I mean, you and I know the difference between a sysadmin and, a, you know, a CISA, for example. There's a lot of overlap though. So for the outside people, it's harder because, you know, for example, both have to know networking one has to know it better than the other, obviously. A network engineer has to know it very well. A security engineer, they still have to know it pretty well, but not maybe not as well. Um, but on the outside, there's so much overlap, it's really hard to know where one ends and one begins. So someone who's not informed or that thinks they are informed would say, why do we have two IT teams here? Let's get rid of one of them because we're paying two IT teams. And... That's a gross oversimplification and it's inaccurate because they're, they both do different things, but from their eyes, it's one and the same. Again, not saying this is what Patreon's discussion was. I'm just being general here. And maybe that person went online and they researched companies to take over security and they read the white papers as they, you know, the managers often do. And it says, we'll take care of everything for you. We'll, we'll take care of all your security and you could fire your team. And it's great. No, it probably doesn't say that part. Um, but it but basically no security service out there will get a lot of customers if the website was saying we'll manage your security we'll get most of the stuff you know 80% of the time we'll catch things and as long as you know your systems are being patched and as long as this and as long, I mean that doesn't sell so they're going to of course over um exaggerate their benefits here and then you know, you get a, a manager that still uses MapQuest as a verb because they don't understand technology beyond that. That sounds great. Let's go with that. And then all the other managers get on board, and then it happens. Um, so in that case, in their eyes, it, was a, it could be, in, in, the, in the company's eyes, whoever it is, could have been a great, well-thought-out decision to them. But for people like us that know this inside and out and were there on the front lines, we're like, what? And when you mention they thought this would be a good idea... That really resonates with me that, you know, when you question why they thought it would be a good idea, because anybody who pays attention to tech for a week, even, I'm, I'm exaggerating a bit, but you know what I'm going to say. Like the sky is falling. That's the mentality of everybody who's in the press, who's on Twitter, who's on social media. You really have to be careful about the message that you send. You know, we see this with... um Or we saw this a long time ago and this isn't security related but just to give you an idea how this is all over the place where um gnome the popular desktop environment um made some announcements one of which is that they're taking away desktop icons or they're taking away this and they're taking one of one actually the famous one was the maximize and minimize buttons were being removed from the window now their message was like we're taking that away because we're just cleaning things up and here, were like what do we do instead like like hold on hold on come back what do we do instead oh yeah we just removed the thing and it wasn't articulated well but if they had said we are doing it because of this but you could do this instead and it works this way and they really kind of adjust the message it sounds better companies really don't do a good job of that either now when, when you have everybody in tech with the sky is falling mentality and what i mean by that is they will assume the worst intentions until you prove that you did the right thing, so you can make a right decision, but depending on how that message comes out, especially if it's um, mentioned first by an employee that um, just lost their job and they mention it on Twitter and it gets a lot of traction you don't really get a, a lot of time to adjust that message that goes out and at that point there's also a communication issue on top of everything else um, it and when you have a company that's under scrutiny by the public media, because public media is supported by Patreon, you have to be careful that you understand that everybody's going to think the worst first. And that's the part that boggles me, because again, everyone who knows tech knows exactly how this plays out. It starts with a social media message or something, and then newspaper, you know, articles pick it up, new, news sites, Next thing you know, it's all over the place and your company hasn't even put out a statement yet. So that's also something that complicates things. And that's the amazing
1: part. You're firing your entire cybersecurity team and you want that to come out in a positive light. Nobody's gonna look at that in a positive light. It's impossible. Everybody's reading about security breaches, breaches and security problems and somebody being hacked or ransomware deployed somewhere or something like that and company X losing X amount of money because their servers weren't available. And then they this, they assumed that the news like this would come out in a positive tone. It's impossible to understand how it that could come. And that's why the story exploded. That's why everybody was mentioning this just a couple of days ago. Um, the other thing, and I've seen this also mentioned in the chat, the, some variation of this. What you do in cybersecurity, if done properly, the outcome is nothing because it's the absence of breaches, it's the absence of risk, it's your systems working as intended. So at the end of the day, you say, okay, I've done my my job properly, everything is secure, and I have nothing to show for it because nothing was hacked, nothing was lost, you didn't lose any money, the business wasn't affected, everything worked as it should. So what are you going to show for that? Okay, everything is working fine. So that message might not translate properly up the food chain until it reaches the, the higher levels and whoever this decision might not be aware of the, the complete picture. Um, right. And the cybersecurity team it doesn't just deal with uh, protecting systems. It deals with a lot more. It's behind the, the training of new of the personnel at the company. It's about doing the, the security trainings and sending out the, the security memorandums and the security notices when there is this very famous CV that's coming out that nobody should click on links on that email or something like that. They are the ones behind this. They are the ones that are paying attention to the new threats and protecting the company from it. And again, if their job is being done properly, they will have nothing to show for it because nothing bad happened. And right. It, that it's, message it's, it's, sometimes does not translate properly.
0: And a lot of times it doesn't translate at all because a lot of times there, there's no message. And I, I see a lot of workers make this mistake. I think it's especially egregious when security workers make this mistake. Um, You think about companies, they're all about return on investment. So if they're hiring a person, they expect something back for that. Okay. That's always the case. No one's going to hire a person just because they want to fill a seat and they don't have anything for them to do or whatever, but they need something back from that. Now, when it comes to a security job, like you were saying, if you do it well and there's nothing to show for it, meaning like nothing bad happened. Now managers are usually not going to say, wow, we didn't really have a security incident the entire time you worked here. That's awesome. Good job. That's not going to happen. It's just not because we talk about when you work in the field, write down in your notes, what you've done, you've patched a vulnerability. You, you saw someone attempt to hack in, or I should say break in, sorry, to break in the systems and you stopped it. Um, don't assume that just because you and your manager are getting along and everything seems fine, um, that you don't have a message to send at the end of the year during your review, you should be able to say, these are the things that I did. So that way it makes people understand how much value you've added to the company, because the other side of the coin is, let's say you're a a really great security person and you're doing everything right. And, uh, you still get, you get owned because something happened. Right. Um, You could get fired for that. Even though we talk about there's no such thing as 100% security. You could have a security team and something could still happen. It doesn't mean that just because you have a security team that um, you're you're just these superheroes that have have a cape and you just... um, Well, I mean, they are superheroes, let's be honest. But the situation is that no one knows until you tell them. And if something bad happens, sometimes the upper level doesn't understand how security works. Now, with a lot of managers not understanding security you think about it like that firing an entire security team although it is surprising starts to seem as though it's not as surprising i'm not justifying it i'm not saying it's a good thing but when you look at the eyes of managers that's their mindset that's how they think and you have to educate them on what you're doing because even though they hired you they don't know what you're doing that's important to know
1: absolutely um But there is one thing that they have been doing over time. When you're handling money, when you're handling payments and all of that, there are certain compliance rules that you need to follow. Some of those revolve around security and cybersecurity in particular. So over the years that Patreon has existed, they have been subject to audits and reviews and all of that, and they had to meet compliance standards. So they had to provide the auditors with security scans and security evidence that nothing was being breached or hacked or leaked or whatever. And that was the purview of the cybersecurity team as well. They're gonna have a a tricky time on their next audit simply because of this, because the new hires that will be handling cybersecurity might not have the intimate knowledge to properly assess the situation and create that uh, report or else the report is simply forged and whoever is dealing with the compliance to them will either accept it blindly or if they are paying attention, will ask for more details that will be tricky to come by. So that's another issue that they will be
0: facing. Absolutely. And one thing I I want to go back just really quickly to something I was talking about earlier, we were talking about earlier. forgot to mention this. Um, so it's always possible that, you know, maybe the person letting these people go, yeah, they won't say anything. They're good people. They'll keep it to themselves. It's fine, right? um Obviously not, but, but some people do. There's a lot of people that get fired or laid off or whatever, and they really don't say anything. It, it, it's probably way more common than the people that do, and sometimes they're just really banking on that. But the other side of this is that, even, let's just say, for example, no one said anything. The security team was let go. Not one of them spoke about it at all, right? Might, so the company might think, well, they didn't mention anything. So yeah, we're good. We got away with it. However, another thing that people have to understand is that how much scrutiny big companies like that are under. There's literally news sites that watch LinkedIn profiles for companies and look at the number of people employed. If they see that number drop by a large number of people, because one or two people leaving every now and then isn't really surprising. But if your company has like, I don't know, 180 employees, and then you check it the following week and it's down to 150... That's a news story, okay? Nobody spoke. People are watching mm-hmm. this. They're gonna start contacting people and try to try to understand what happened to those people and why the number dropped so low. So companies really do need to understand they're under a lot of scrutiny here. There's really a very small chance that something like this can happen without it being all over the press. And when you have a solution like Patreon that's used by content creators, um, Content, you know, the audience, especially mine, they're checking news sites, especially tech articles. They know this is happening. I've had many people come to me. I've had um, pr- at least 10 pa- patrons leave my Patreon account. So obviously it's not a good idea, as we were saying. Um, but the other side, and to get it back to where we were when it, before I had the aside here, um, one situation that this can cause is employees wearing two hats. Okay, they, they you know we have a team that, of sysadmins that are now also security admins too. That may not be what they wanted to do, or maybe they did want to get into security, but not like this. They wanted to get in, and maybe they wanted to be promoted into that team, but now they are security unofficially because it's not on the job title. Um, that means that a lot of things would go wrong. So here's how a situation like this might play out, typically, in my opinion. It could go well. Let's just say for some companies it goes well, it's unlikely, in my opinion, to go well, but it can. But I think what is more likely to happen is at first nothing changes. There's no security vulnerabilities uh, that are being, I mean, there, there are security vulnerabilities. I mean, there's no exposures or break-ins or anything. The systems are up, uptime is fine, everything looks good. But then you start to notice that the uptime goes down because the people that were keeping your servers alive, your sysadmins, are now doing security work as well. So they don't have as much time to do the thing that they were normally doing. So now their main job is gonna slip a bit because they have to pay attention to other things, not because they were told they had to work on security, but they feel like if they don't, then they don't. maybe they don't trust the outside company, they need to look at everything. That's usually how sysadmins think most often uh, from the ones that I've worked with. So now the system stability starts to go down as a result. So you see like a very long drawn out decline. But there's one thing, and you kind of touched on this, that to me is the most important aspect of all of this. There's one question that I ask myself when a company has anything security related happen to them that I think is a very important question. And that question might not be something you think about first. And that question is, do they process their own credit cards? That is the most important question when um, security is lowered or there's an intrusion. My stance on credit card payments, I I am a business, right? I don't want your credit card information. I don't want it on my servers. I don't want it to go through my network. I don't want it to even touch the um, disks on any servers. I want nothing to do with your credit card information because the minute that touches a hard drive on a server that I maintain, and if that gets broken into, guess what? Now credit card information has been leaked out. That's a big deal. But company, I mean, you can't steal from me what I don't have. And I think that's a great way to do it. But some companies, they might have some kind of a payment processor that they manage. Bad idea, but some of them do it. And the question is, do they process their own credit cards? Because if they do, it's, it could be a lot worse than, than it is right now. When I was doing some digging earlier, I looked into this. And this is not official knowledge here. I just did a Google search. And based on the results that I found, it appears that Patreon does not process their own credit cards. I can't confirm or deny that. I also can't say that if they do have someone else process their cards, that they don't store the information on their servers before it gets to the third party. I don't know, right? So that's an important question, and often we can't know that, because what information do they have that could be stolen? If they have nothing, as in um, everything is third party, At that point, yeah, they might be able to get away with not having a security team because they have nothing of value. But I highly doubt Patreon, given what they do, has nothing of value, so it's still a concern to me.
1: Patreon has a lot of things of value.
0: Right. Um, Not only
1: the content that the content creators make, but the payments that they receive. Um, Remember when we talked about uh, systems integrity and that being relevant when we talked about the CISO story? imagine that if the breach is not just trying to steal information or crippling their systems but just changing the, the destiny of a specific payment instead of it go whoever instead of going to the right person it goes to somebody else's account um, and how about if only the tense payment goes out to a different person how about all the nine others go to the right person that will make it happen over a longer period of time and you might not notice it immediately right that's the type of attack that would make me more nervous if i was running something like patreon and not necessarily of course stealing credit card payment information that's obviously very bad but changing the whoever i'm supposed to be pay whoever i'm supposed to pay the money to change to somebody else without me noticing it that would be very very tricky because that would get me in a lot of trouble really quickly right and again and people were mentioning this in the chat there might have been some incident that we are not privy to there might have been some security issue at patreon that they have not publicized yet and that might have led to the team being fired Maybe something egregious was found a, a right. bridge that was so so announced and so divulged that they should have known about it and they didn't fix it in time. Something like that might have happened. Um, and this is the type of thing <laughs> I don't know if Patreon is publicly traded. Do you know? Okay. Do you know if do you know if Patreon is publicly traded?
0: Um, no, I, I don't actually follow because, that art Because this no. is the, the type
1: of things that would come out on a shareholder call uh, at the end of the quarter or something like that. They would have to talk about it and explain why they made this, right. this decision. And large companies like Tesla or something like that, they, that's when you get all the juicy details about the issues. Um, and amazon for example um, so it would be interesting to know what happens at the next call if for patreon if that's the case if they are publicly traded or not um, but uh, yeah
0: this there's is two ways it can go because one way you know the the you know all the shareholders there's two universes here right um, so i just had the uh, hitchhikers guide to the galaxy reference at the beginning so i'm going to bring the galaxy the different universe thing here right so let's just say nobody went on social media and it just somehow went under the radar completely. Then the shareholders are going to be like, wow, that was genius. You saved a lot of money and uh, nothing bad happened. Uh, There's no bad news or anything. So yeah, great. That's awesome. Uh, But the other universe, uh, I think now with everything coming out like this, the shareholders might say, what were you thinking? (laughs) You know, it could go either way. We don't really know. Um, And I think that's for us, challenging because there's a lot we want to know. And a couple of people mentioned some things in the chat. I just want to say, if there's anything going around about it, like a rumor about Patreon, what's going on, um, anything, any news about it, we have seen it. Okay. There's some things in the chat room we know. Okay. We, we know all those things. We, we, we've been searching for this and looking through this. I've been reading about it since it happened. There's going to be things that we will not comment on until we know for sure that it actually happened. Somebody putting a a video on Twitter or something that's 30 seconds long alleging something. Maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't. We have to go with what we know. And what we know is that some people lost their job. Now they have jobs somewhere else. That's great. But, you know, now we have no security team at Patreon. That that we do know. We also know 17% of the workforce was laid off. We also can confirm that happened as well. None of that is good.
1: Does it mean that Patreon is having financial issues? Does it mean they are cutting back for cost saving measures? But then again, uh, firing the cybersecurity team and then outsourcing a different company to do the same job will never save you money because in the long run, there are two things that can happen with the outsourcing team. They either to make sure that they can do Uh, what's in their contract, whatever that is, they'll have to impose their own best practices on whatever Patreon already has. That's the only way they can be sure to meet any SLAs that they agree to. Um, They can never agree to just securing whatever exists without changing anything, because they don't know all the details of what exists, so they will have to do some changes. The cost of changing the way that things are done in a scale that Patreon has with hundreds or thousands of servers will never be small enough to make it worth firing the cybersecurity team. There is always such a large cost associated with the changes that need to be in place when you hire outsourcers to do the, the security work that will never make it cost saving measure. You'll never save money doing it. And then right. when you get your first breach, and the response isn't fast enough because they are just a contractor doing a job and they are not invested in keeping the company afloat and they are not invested in actually re- responding to the threat immediately like the, the in-house team because when you're working somewhere you have a personal investment in that you want that your company to succeed you want your servers to be successful they are your servers they are the ones that you've been working with for so long that personal investment means that you will work harder than if it's just okay i'm looking at those servers somewhere because i'm being paid so and so an hour and yeah okay maybe we had an issue i'll look at it we have 10 hours okay in five hours i'll start looking at it and that's always going to be different um, regardless of what sla you're gonna you're gonna get in place and <laughs> however much you're paying for that sla because that's not cheap um, so i can never right. understand the logic behind thinking that this is a cost-saving measure
0: it, it, I feel like it, there's a divide, you know, and this is the understatement of the century, you know, between tech management and tech employees. Now, I'm go- what I want to say is really hard to say because I don't want to offend anyone. I'm not trying to generalize all companies or anything out there. Um, there's often, it's often the case that C- there's a lot of CTOs, I don't have percentages, that just don't understand tech at all. I don't know how they got the job, but my opinion always is that if you are managing technical employees, you need to have an IT background with you know some time spent working your way up or at least being involved in actually understanding how technology works. If, if there's a CTO I prefer to see... Their, if I go on their LinkedIn profile and go back through their job experience, like, oh, yeah, help desk for five years, sysadmin, and this and this, and then they, uh, you know, work their way up into management. That's an individual who was there in the front lines and and was, you know, part of the sysadmin team or the security team or whatever that then went on to be a mentor to lead people. Those are the best managers that I've worked with because you learn from them. And when I was working for, with companies or working for companies before going out on my own, I would really enjoy working with a manager who had something to teach me. And then when I became a manager, I focused on teaching my employees things because I want to help grow them and boost their skills. And I want them to be able to say later on, yeah, he taught me a lot. I really liked working with him. He's a great manager and I learned a lot. That's what I want. But the reality is a lot of these managers, they don't know. So what they think is a good idea and what actually is a good idea are not mutually inclusive. And there's, to be a lot of that in my opinion this is going to be a more apparent problem over the next few years especially there's going to be a lot of companies making bad decisions and you're really going to understand the management downfall that went into it i really think that's going to be a recurring thing that we'll be talking about a lot
1: yeah i'm sure this isn't the last that we've heard about this story
0: (laughs) oh no this is the beginning (laughs) this is just the beginning there's so
1: much that still has to come out about this story why this happened the reasoning at the very least the company has to explain the reasoning behind it at risk of losing whatever trust the the still have in them as a trustworthy platform for their content um, and right. i'm sure you can you can relate to this i really doubt that new content creators will look at patreon when they have other alternatives to put their content in simply because of decisions yep. like this and over the years i don't know uh, i had a good impression of patreon and when I saw this story last, when it broke basically, it immediately changed. And if I ever started creating content, I would never look at Patreon again as a trusted yeah. platform for
0: it. If I wasn't already on there. I mean, I, I, I would especially not be setting up. And I think that segues into um, a very important topic here because I've had different variations of this question posed to me. Um, you know, should you, Jay, stop using Patreon? And I've had questions from, you know, audience members. Should I not use eight Patreon to support the content creators that I want to support? Should we all abandon the platform? And that question always comes up every single time a company is under scrutiny. So it's, it's understandable that I was asked this. Now, as a quick aside, again, I don't make much money off of Patreon. But if I did, let's just say I was one of those content creators that was making tens of thousands a month on it. Um, if, if I found out that my audience members were potentially going to have their personal information like stolen, I would quit it immediately. I would, I would close the whole thing down because I don't want anything linked to me that's going to be a problem like that. But we also don't know right now how bad this is. So um, one answer to that is um, I'm going to leave it there right now. I could make a decision in any direction at any time with or without notice that I might need to shut it down if I find information that makes me nervous. Um, I am a little nervous already, but just really under that line. But also another school of thought is that my audience members on my channel will decide for me. Like, it's not even my choice. Like I literally, like I mentioned, I've seen a bunch of people drop off my, um, my Patreon list, and I'm not mad at anyone. I get it. If you're not comfortable or you feel like you, you just don't really want your information there, that's not personal. You made a decision for yourself that you don't want your information or your account active on on a service like that, that is under scrutiny. Totally understand. But what's even worse, you know, I I make very little, like usually my payouts are under 500 and sometimes under 400 or even under 300. So it's really not much money here. But for the content creators that put a lot of, um, you know, maybe they have employees, editors, and they're paying them through the proceeds they get from patreon it's going to hurt them harder because it's been going great they've been raking in the money now all of a sudden i mean if you have like tens of thousands a month in earnings you have thousands of patrons and you see hundreds of them drop off that's jarring okay that that hurts content creators so with patreon mishandling this not only have they you know made some employees have to make life decisions suddenly and work for other companies. Now they're stressed out. Content creators are wondering, what do I do? I have to I have to like work extra hours to move everything over to another platform or get more platforms set up. And they're losing money. This affects a lot of people. And like you said, Joe, it's just the beginning. We're just getting started. We, as these rumors that are going around circulate, some of them might be proven false, some of them might be proven true, and then we come back and we report it and we say, hey, we found this other article here and it's being reported and it's been confirmed that the x and y happened, we'll absolutely cover it again. Um, but as far as whether or not people should just mass quit Patreon, right now my suggestion is to at least watch it very closely, make a decision for yourself. If the majority of people leave my Patreon, then this, the decisions made for me. But if I find some confirmed information or I get even more nervous than I already am, I'm closing it down. It's just like that. Now I have other sources and that's the lesson here. If you're a content creator, do not have one income source. Do not rely on anyone. You will regret it. I guarantee that you have to have other sources because if the, if one well dries up, you have to have another well to, to pay your mortgage with. That's just reality. But you also, but you have to manage that yourself. And this is
1: not like that old axiom where any publicity is good publicity, but in this case, bad publicity really hurts Patreon. Yeah. Right. Talking about Patreon in this light, with all the, the rumors that have been going around, this will hurt them very, very much. Um, they made a lot of money this year. I highly doubt they will make the same next year. No. From a simple decision like this, and simple in the context of a company as large as Patreon, but yeah I'm sure we'll talk about this again in the near future there has to be more behind this story than we already than we know at this there point. already
0: is and I, I feel like it There, there's just I mean we already know that's the case it, it's just that there's always more to it sure but I think it was, um, wasn't it Jurassic Park that said some of the worst things imaginable started with the best of intentions or some some variation of that from Ian Malcolm, if I'm not mistaken, his um, character on that movie. And, it, you know, of course, the chaos theory, and I, I, pl- I pull from him a lot because, you know, science fiction has overlap with reality because it's based on reality but exaggerated. So obviously there's more to it. there's some really good decisions it- involved, some bad decisions involved. Some decisions that seemed like a good idea at the time i think in the case of patreon what i keep coming back to could it have worked might it work maybe i think in the long run you're right it won't you know they obviously save in annual revenue however much they're paying these employees per year they now save that money they could pocket that money that they were paying those employees in exchange for so much scrutiny and people jumping off the platform to where they're going to yeah. lose millions and millions of dollars, then that um, you know less than one million dollars that they're saving, okay, all of a sudden looks like a bad idea. Even if and they still have to pay the new contractor, they still have to pay. Yep they have a they have a contract with that company, and um, I I have to say, I have to be careful how I say this. I have worked with MSPs a lot. And without naming companies to keep them, you know, wherever they are, some of them are in business, some of them are not, so you can, you know, probably do detective work and find out who I'm talking about. But reality is, um, a lot of MSPs are bad at what they do. I'm sorry, it's true, there's some really great ones out there with some very talented people, which is why I don't want to name companies. Um, that, that live and breathe technology. They want to manage your infrastructure. They want to do a good job. They probably do do a good job. And, you know, that's all good. But there's a lot of companies out there that do a terrible job, a very, very bad job. Now, you as a business owner who's looking for someone to help you with your systems, you don't know which ones, you know, from just browsing websites and things are good and which ones are not. The websites all say the same thing. They all brag about how great they are, how many nines of uptime they have, all these different things. And they all have the same information. But behind that website is either a really good MSP or a really good security company or a not so great one that is really good at making it out to seem like they're good. So this could go in many different directions depending on the company that they decided to outsource this to. It could be worse. They might be worse than the internal security team they had. Um, it might be a lot worse. They might get like blown wide open within a year. Or maybe they did choose a good one, and it'll be fine. But they they also lost a lot of money, a lot more than they're saving, no matter how it plays out. So in the long run, like you were saying, it's definitely a mistake for sure.
1: (laughs) And even more, Um, now they have an external company that has access to their data. That has implications on data protection laws and data protection regulations. That's another hoop that they're going to have to jump through to prove that they are still safe and handling the data correctly. There's a lot of regulations out there that deal specifically with that and who has access to the data. There is the part about the information that they provided people when they signed up for the the service, saying that they would be the only ones processing the data or handling the data. Not somebody else will have access to it because the security team will need to have access to the systems. So mm-hmm. they will need to be able to see stuff that they shouldn't. Um, yep. There are so many implications to a decision like this. I cannot believe that this was taken lightly. A company mm-hmm. as large as that, I do, absolutely do not believe that they took this decision lightly. So mm-hmm. I would very much like to know what was the reasoning behind it and until we do the trust that is lost with patreon it's so large that the impact like i said before it's going to cost them much more than whatever they
0: think they are saving right yeah absolutely the, the case um and we're going to keep following this i mean there's so much more than i that i can say here because i've i've worked with these msps like i've mentioned many times i I feel like we could do a whole episode on the things that MSPs do wrong. And I think maybe we should, because I could probably give some insight. And in, in maybe if you work for an MSP, it'll give you something that you could you could uh, have your boss listen to, you know, to let them know, hey, we the you know, this person was doing the thing and I'm doing the thing. And he says the things we're doing are bad. <laughs> I don't know. But it, it might be some content that'll be worth having. If nothing else, we're going to cover more. Because like I, I've said and you've said, we're at the beginning of this. We really don't know much. But what I do know is that this is a big deal, and it's, it's going to get bigger from here. I really don't think it's going to go, go lower. I think it's going to get more. And I would think even by the end of today, we'll probably find out more information after we stop recording that we'll probably have to cover next time. So that's just yeah. how this goes. Developing story. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and so that the episode isn't just focused on Patreon. All of the stuff that we discussed are things that you should consider whenever you're going to go through changes like this. It doesn't have to be firing your cybersecurity team. It can be firing any team, any complete team at the same time. The, the implications of doing a massive change like that throughout the organization are gonna be so huge and so massive that it's really tricky to, to contemplate all of that before making the decision. Um, best advice, don't do it. <laughs> Second best yeah. advice, take your time before actually taking the taking the decision going forward with it. Um, because not all the, the implications will be immediately apparent as Patreon is painfully learning right now. And like you said, we will definitely cover more of this in the in the following episodes.
0: And one, one piece of advice I'll leave everybody with uh, that if you own a company or you manage one, If you're going to, I'm not saying necessarily make this decision, but let's just say you're going to make a decision that could be as big as this, um, get another opinion, but get that opinion from somebody who knows this stuff. Like we, like some of our, some of my favorite episodes of this podcast is when we have someone who lets you, you know, we had someone on the podcast, the, the actual mindset of somebody who is doing this, who, who knows security, how they think, how they go through the systems. Um, those people might entertain you know you'll probably have to pay them and you should pay them for their time to ask them what would happen in your opinion if we went along with this what do you think the implications might be get that opinion from them and it doesn't even have to be security it could be anything business related you talk to someone who has been there they know it get their thoughts on this don't just go by the website again like you said this isn't just about patreon anymore And thank you, by the way, because that's very important. These are lessons anybody can learn, regardless of whether or not you're Patreon. This whole episode, the whole point is educating what could happen, but get some opinions from people who will give you the truth and the unbiased opinion. Don't ask for an opinion of another security firm that's doing the same thing. They're all gonna tell you, yes, do it, because we are great. (laughs) get someone who doesn't work for a company like that especially an independent contractor who is maybe a security auditor or something they would give you a very good opinion about how your company would be affected by a decision like this um so definitely get that information from the people that know it but we'll find out um or maybe we won't i hope we find out what what they what went into making that decision we may never know we might know but um i what i do know is we'll report on it as soon as we know anything, and I am going to make a pretty strong prediction that while I don't know if the next episode will be the Patreon episode part two, I, I'm sure we'll probably spend a few minutes covering something related to this, most, most certainly. Yeah. Um,
1: again, and I know we're dragging this out, but this yeah. reminds me of when companies tried to, to bring in outside... Uh, what's the name? Um, not auditors, but uh, outside help to help them streamline their processes and optimize the way that they do things. And whoever comes in through the door will always say, okay, you need to fire this person and this person and you need to change this process and this process. Now give me a million dollars and see you next year. And they walk out the door. And whoever is left catching all the bits and pieces and dealing with the aftermath are the people that are still left working there. So it doesn't really matter the results because the guys that came in and gave you the advice are already paid and left. So you're going to be left in a worse position. But the the trick there, what they rely on, is that at the end of that period, you're going to have a lower expense with uh, with wages so they can say okay we saved you this amount of money but the part that they forget to mention it is that okay and now the changes that we made will actually cost you this much to fix and the issues that we introduced will now cost you this amount to fix because you will only deal with that the next period so they can come out shining saying that they really help you saving our money but they don't deal with the aftermath they don't actually help you solve the problem and we see that time and time again And this smells so much like this.
0: It really does. And and those people, I don't remember what they're called either, but they, they will basically say that they can consolidate and streamline and cut costs by looking at your structure, your org chart, and making cuts. Now, I feel like there's so much wrong with that because if I'm going to hire somebody, I don't want to lay them off. I don't want to hire somebody that i might have to let go now obviously some things happen where profits drop or something that is out of control but what i've seen is so many companies hire impulsively someone gets an idea in the app that they have that they they have this amazing feature they hire a bunch of developers to make this happen the developers make it happen features out what do we do what do we do with these people that we hired? What do we have them work on? We don't, they let them go. I've seen this so many times. And then someone comes in and cuts, cuts people out. What, when I look at businesses and I analyze what they're doing right or wrong, what I often come to is that it's not a problem of having too many people working for you. It's an efficiency problem. Something isn't automated that should be. People are spending time doing things that shouldn't take as much time as it's currently taking to do it. And you fire a bunch of people, let people go. You still have inefficiency. You still have something that should be automated that's not. You still have employees wasting time doing things that they shouldn't do because the managers are looking at this wrong. That is key to find out if, if where the challenges are. The employees will tell you what the challenges are. Take them seriously. They're on the front lines. They know what the problems are. The, the security team knows what the problems are. The receptionist knows what the problems are. Everyone knows what the problem is except the upper level management. All they have to do is go and interview people and say, what what do you hate? What's driving you crazy? You know, what, what's keeping you up at night? They will tell you what's keeping them up at night. You fix those things and then watch how everything gets better. Um, doing mass firings is really, I, I personally haven't seen that be the answer unless the situation is something like there's just an uncontrollable situational drop in profit that no one can control. Other than that, you know, these people that fi- that come in and consolidate, they don't have repeat customers and that's key to understand. You know, it's just like I go to a Mexican restaurant, because I love Mexican food, it's great, and they just give you like a, this ginormous bowl of chips and salsa, but if you go to a restaurant that's near a hotel, you get this small one. Why? Because they don't have repeat customers. They don't care, right? Just like these people that go into companies to fire people, they go in there, like you were saying, work for a year, cut the costs and do this and that. They leave. They go to somewhere else. They're not going to be called back to that company again. They've made their money and they've moved on to another one. They don't care what happens after that. So you're literally hiring somebody who's just going to come in Brag about how much money they are saving you because of how many people they let go. They move on, and then, like you were saying, they have to fix everything that's now broken because they could have just listened to their employees in the first place.
1: Absolutely, and yeah, okay. we've went
0: about this for <laughs> long enough. Yeah, as you tell know, we, we, we are pretty passionate yeah. about this, but yeah. um, it, it and yeah, it, it's just that's what it is. There's just so much when it comes to businesses that um, they overthink things that are actually quite simple. And then they pay the price for it later. So well, I guess we'll see what happens with Patreon. The only thing you know, I'm going to look into is should I even still offer it? Because I'm going to keep looking at this. And um, if you are a, a patron of my channel, uh, understand there's I'm setting up other ways to support the channel if you want to support the channel. One of which being um, Google Memberships or, or YouTube Memberships, whatever it's called. I, I've turned it on, so there, there's that if anyone wants to do it but I'm just letting people know um, I'll make a decision that's best for the audience. Um, You know, and I don't care if I lose money, I lose money. I lose a lot more money. If someone's information gets stolen because I didn't, you know, make the switch. So I'll be looking into the that, but until we know more, it's really hard to make a recommendation either way. So let's see
1: where this lands.
0: Let's just see where it lands.
1: Thanks everybody for joining. It was a pleasure. This is a very interesting topic. I'm sure we'll get back to it pretty soon, actually. Um, And yeah, thanks again. See you on the next one.
0: See you guys later.